Hello and welcome to The Good GP, the education podcast for busy GPs. My name is Tim Coe. And I'm Sean Stevens. And it's a great pleasure to welcome Dr Craig Berg on the show. Welcome, Craig. Did you uh, feel the footsteps of John Murtar as you entered the room? <laughs> yes, it's, it's uh, big shoes to fill following on from Sean. <laughs> um, tell us a bit more about yourself, Craig. Okay, I'm, I'm a GP, similar vintage to yourself, so I'm 43 years old. I'm educated in, at UWA and uh, I practice primarily in the area of age, residential aged care, although I do a little bit of... Uh, normal general practice and I also do a little bit of varicose vein work so I lead a, a mixed existence in my medicine. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, well Craig um, we understand you're a very keen and passionate runner. Um, I do a little bit of jogging myself and I find it pretty painful. Um, do you find it painful and what makes you run and, and why do you enjoy it? Uh, luckily I don't find it too painful most of the time. Uh, um, it's one of the tough things for new uh, and developing runners is is you have to get to a certain level uh, of proficiency, I think, until you can run and it be comfortable, and that's where the pleasure of running comes in. And I think once you get to the point where you can run for an hour at a comfortable uh, conversational pace, it's when you get the endorphins, you feel good, and, and uh, that's where the good parts of running come. So I guess for those who aren't at that level, I generally encourage them to to push through because you do get to that next level uh, further down the track. Uh, as to why I run, um, I guess there are a number of reasons. That partly is the physical fitness, and I think uh, running is the is the most efficient way of exercising, really. And so, when you're really busy, uh, or if you travel, you know, it's it's the one thing where you know, door to door, forty five minutes, you can um, do a lot of a lot of exercise, a lot of work without uh, a whole lot of hassle. So that's that's one benefit. The second is yeah, the the good feeling it gives me, so the endorphin rush and generally just making me happier. Um, I think it just in general terms, I've read a bit about running being something they call a third place, so people in their life have work, their work life, their home life, and it's nice to have some third place to be yourself and to kind of explore things, and, and for some people that would be a, a social club or a sports club, and, and for me that's running, and, and you get a running community going with that as well. So. Yes, there's a whole lot of things, but yeah, it's, it's, it makes me feel good and it's not painful, luckily. And you're not just a sort of nifty runner, you're a pretty good runner. I mean, you, you're, I know you're a very humble <laughs> guy. You've run how many marathons? I've probably run, coming up towards 20 marathons. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm a great runner, I'm, I'm a runner of, of medium ability, but a lot of dedication. So yeah, I do, I do run quite a lot and probably more than most people uh, and that's that's probably beyond what people need to do or beyond the health benefits. That's probably partly me becoming addicted to running. So so just to put it things into perspective, I mean your your marathon record would be uh, two hours forty eight. Yeah, it's a pretty so it's awesome. four, four minute K's. Yeah, just just on four minute K's. So I was about ten seconds off it. Which uh, one thing as a runner is you're generally constantly living in a state of uh, dissatisfaction. So I just like <laughs> to go ten seconds faster. So uh, to be a sort of a medium level runner, four minute K's for the audience out there. So uh, unfortunately, that puts me at a very low level of running, <laughs> and me even worse. <laughs> well, let's talk about some running myths now, because there's yep. a lot of myths out there. You know, you talk to people about running, they go, oh, you know, I don't, I don't run because. You know, it increases your risk of arthritis. So let's talk about that one there. Yeah, okay. Does running increase your risk of arthritis? Uh, it would appear not to be, although it's a little bit hard to interpret the evidence. Certainly when, when you look at studies of middle-aged runners 
and follow them down the track, they don't develop more or more rapidly progressing arthritis of the lower limb than their sedentary counterparts or people who do non-weight-bearing exercise. But there might be some element of self-selection there where people who can run uh, still at 50 probably are people who genetically aren't going to be particularly prone to osteoarthritis. So I think within that boundary, uh, no, it, it doesn't increase that risk. Mm, mm. I remember hearing uh, at one stage Rob De Costello was talking uh, on the radio and he worked out he'd run about a million Ks and he said he didn't have any arthritis. I thought, well, yeah. N equals one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but look, I guess, I mean, it, it, you know, I guess developmentally it's probably what our body's meant to do. And I think given the fact long distance running, you're running generally in one direction and you're not suddenly breaking. It's actually pretty good for your joints. Your knees are designed to work that way. So compared to something like football or netball or any other sports where there's rapid side-to-side movement or stopping and starting, running's probably a lot gentler on your joints because of that, particularly the knees. So don't worry about your knees is the message there, I hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep running. <laughs> keep running. What about living longer? You know, there's people who say, you know, running makes you live longer. Yeah, and so again, my reading of the research is... is Yes and no. So uh, running does seem to make people, or people who run do seem to live longer, uh, but that benefit is probably at its peak of people who run uh, maybe um, two to three hours a week, so maybe 30 kilometres a week, and people who run a lot more than like that, like <coughs> myself, uh, it doesn't give you any extra benefit. And, and maybe for the more recent cult of, of extreme endurance like Ironman, there may be a little bit of a, a decline, mainly to do with cardiac and uh, rhythm abnormalities. Uh, so, so yeah, pr- probably unless you become addicted to it like me, and I don't run to live longer, uh, running three or four times a week for half an hour is probably your, your best bet. Hmm. Well, you know, I find that bloody annoying, Craig, because <laughs> there was a study that came out from, I think, Queensland University a, a month ago that said you needed to run for or to exercise for six hours a day, or six hours a week, before you actually get the chronic disease benefit of it. So we get all these mixed messages over. Make you live longer at two hours, but if you want to present, prevent chronic disease... Yeah, I think one thing about running in particular is, is that even jogging is actually very vigorous activity. So uh, you because just to run, you need to get your heart rate up quite high. So when they say that modest activity, probably jogging immediately puts you in vigorous activity, so it's probably pushing it a lot more. So, uh, yeah... Again, probably the, the chronic disease benefits may not even be from jogging. It may be from walking slash jogging. Mm. And what about happiness? Does does running make you happier? Uh, again, the answer seems to be yes. Uh, so both for people who don't suffer from depression, they seem to be happier uh, if they're runners. And again, mainly from observational studies, but, uh, but even some, um, some sort of trials of, of making people exercise. And even with... Um, depression, there's a very modest benefit from formalised exercise programs, given the fact antidepressants have an extremely modest benefit. The study I saw suggested that it's probably of a similar level to SSRIs or similar. So, and certainly in the first six to 12 months, probably not much data going on longer than that. Um, But yes, but both immediately with the endorphins and then there seems to be a longer term benefit. Yeah, so so happiness, yes. Live longer, yes. Knee arthritis, no. Correct. It's, it's all working good. It's the perfect sport. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. <laughs> Excellent. All right, let's talk running injuries now, Craig. Yep. Um, what are the common running injuries and what can be done to prevent them? Well, I guess the, common, the commonest running injuries, significant run injuries, are probably mainly the overuse injuries, so the, the tendinopathies, tendinoses and, and fascial injuries. 
Uh, so it's from plantar fascia, Achilles, knee, hamstring, adductor, um, ITB, all those sorts of things. Uh, and I, I guess certainly over the years I've found that there's not a lot of good research for treatment of a lot of these things, and there's a lot of shifting of, of uh, paradigm in these things. <coughs> Certainly one shift away seems to be from from stopping anything for a couple of months at a time, which used to be the advice by physios and the like. Really, with most of these things, you can run through them with a reduced workload, uh, and that's, that's probably great news for most people who are addicted to sport. And again, you sometimes see people take a, a month off for their plantar fasciitis, and it's just as bad when they get back. So. I think there, again, there's, there's not a lot of good research, but things like stretching, like eccentric muscle loading contractions, um, uh, and probably finding out if there's a biomechanical uh, cause for your, your problem and then fixing that's probably the way to go. But again, I've, I've had pretty much every one of those tendinoses over the last uh, decade and a half, and I, the only time I really stopped running for two weeks was when I had a, a knee arthroscopy. Otherwise, I've run through all my injuries. Wow. So, so keep working through and reduce your workload. Yeah, reduce your workload, uh, do some stretching, strengthening exercises, uh, and uh, yeah, and again, look for any sort of uh, mechanical imbalance that might be setting things off. But, but don't necessarily believe people who say that uh, you need to take a long period of time off. They're, they're probably wrong. What about, because uh, there's been discussion in my running career, which probably spans about 25 years, um, about um, static stretches versus dynamic stretches. Do you have any thoughts or comment on that? Yeah, I think same with me. I've, I've been running my whole life and I think same thing, you know, in the old days before any fun run or marathon, you'd see everybody sitting there mainly doing static stretches and then there was a period that people were doing more dynamic stretches, lots of leg swinging and bouncing up and down. And again, my understanding is there's not a huge amount of research for or at the time of exercise, stretching being uh, very useful at all in terms of injury prevention. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit in terms of performance, but certainly not from injury prevention. Uh, and if, even long term, I don't know there's a huge amount um, for stretching. So often it's a matter of how it makes you feel. Some people feel that they feel more loosened up if they do particularly dynamic stretching, but it certainly seems that static stretch, stretching is out of favour at the moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks. Um, now the age-old question, what shoes should I wear if I'm if I take out running? What you know? What are your recommendations if you're looking for a shoe? And you yeah. give us a brand if you want. Okay. Or no, look, I've been through the you know traditional shoes, and then there was the barefoot running phenomenon, and now there's the ultra maximal phenomenon, which is the the hawkers or hokers. Um, and I think and lots of different research. It's another thing where you can pick and choose your research as you want it to be. I think um, probably the the best research has shown that the shoes that you feel most comfortable in are probably the ones that are least likely to cause you injury. Uh, and I still personally think that probably long-term a, a flat, more barefoot shoe would be good for us. The problem is if we've grown up shod for the first 35 years of our life and then we try to run in bare feet, our, we're not ready for it. So again, I, I think the main thing is to stick to a similar type of shoe and if you're gonna change it, you need to change it very gradually and to focus more on the type of shoe that feels comfortable to you. Uh, and that's that's mainly for injury prevention. If you want to go fast, the, the lighter the shoe, the better. All the research just shows the clearly, uh, you know, with quite a linear progression, the lighter the shoe, the faster you run. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I run in a range of things, so it depends on how fast and far I'm running. But one thing I also do is I always run about 
20 to 25k a week barefoot on grass because I, I I personally feel that strengthening your uh, small muscles of your foot helps your biomechanics um, so that's worked really well for me and I've had far fewer injuries in the last four or five years since I've done that so just try the shoe on make sure it feels comfortable yeah and if you, if you can take it out for a, a, a run that's that's great or again these days for more expensive shoes the shop will let you take it out for a day and, and test it out um, but yeah w- whether you you want more support or more cushioning heavier lighter some people like the firm feedback it's again it's a very personal decision and again the research seems to say that, that you're far better doing that than getting some getting a podiatrist or exercise physiologist to tell you you need to wear a particular shoe mm-hmm. and look we're going to wind up here Craig I've yep. got to ask you this last question do you still get stitches Funny enough, I've only ever got two two stitches in races, and and the, it, it seems like it's a situation where you time your exhalation with every even numbered step. So both times I've been in a, a race where I've been running hard downhill, and it seems like I'm breathing on every second step, uh, and I've very quickly got a stitch. And so yeah, twice ever, it's both times I had to stop for about thirty seconds, hyperventilate, and then it disappeared straight away. Great to know. That's just been a uh, very informative uh, podcast there, Craig. Thanks for talking to us about running. Um, and uh, you'll be talking to us next week about uh, managing patients in aged care. So we'll uh, catch up with you soon. Thanks very much, Great. both of you. Thanks.